good morning, everybody. Uh, so I want to I want to now kind of start this morning uh, on a, something a little bit different. I want to start by uh, showing you a picture. And Stephanie, don't put it up yet, uh, uh, because um, th- there's more to this picture than meets the eye. And um, if you've seen this before, don't don't shout out what the answer is. Um, but but there's some there is something else to be seen in it. So, okay, so don't say anything if you see it. So, Stephanie, can you put it up? You don't have a picture in the PowerPoint? Should be a picture in the PowerPoint. There's one at the end. I know for sure. <laughs> Let's double check that. That'd be a shame if somehow it didn't go through. There we go. Thanks, Stephanie. All right, so take a look at this picture. Um, Take a minute to look at it, and if you see it, just say, I see it. And, and trust me, you'll know if you see it. It won't be a question if you see it. So just shout it out as, if, as soon as you say you see it. You see it? You're confident? All right, so show of hands, who, st- who still doesn't see it? Who sees just a brick wall? Brick wall. Who, who thinks that's a brick wall with maybe a funny stone? All right, so for those people who say, that, who really think you see it, do you want to say what it is? Oh, no, no, no. You guys don't see it. No? So do you guys see that kind of funny stone-looking thing in the middle? All right, you want to follow that backwards? No. So, so, so see this little kind of funny stone thing? So you, you know, follow that backwards. What is it? It's a cigar. You guys see this? You see? It's a cigar sticking out of a brick wall, right? <laughs> Everybody see it? Anybody not see it yet? All right, and, and now that you've seen it, you can't unsee it, right? You can't go back and look at this and somehow just see the brick wall that you saw before. Am I right? It's almost like you can't even like envision maybe even how you missed it in the first place once you've seen it. In the last several weeks, we've been going through a series called Gospel Fluency, and I think this is a good image for... Uh, understanding gospel fluency. I think that once we truly understand what it looks like, what gospel fluency looks like, uh, we we understand and we understand how to see it in our conversations. It's almost impossible to unsee it. Uh, and there's just this, this idea of once we understand how to see everything, even the little things. Through the good news of, of Jesus, it's almost like we can't envision how we didn't see it before. Um, and, and actually, uh, while that phrase, gospel fluency, is, is kind of a new phrase, it's not a new concept. Throughout Scripture, this is something that we've seen before. In the very first pages of Scripture, when God creates, what does he do? Well, it, how does he do it? It's by speaking through words. Uh, when Jesus, the incarnate Son of God, came to earth, what did the Apostle John call him? The Word. Uh, when Jesus was tempted by Satan in the wilderness, how did he defeat him? By speaking out the Word of God. 
The, the book of Proverbs constantly talks about the words we speak. The Psalms encourage us and exhort us to speak out words of praise. The prophets were called out to speak out the very word of God. The apostles, Peter, James, Paul, John, Jude, all warn us and encourage us about the words that we speak. So God's word has always been pointing toward the redemption, restoration, and good news of the kingdom throughout history, throughout God's story. And with our series, uh, that's really where we're heading. This whole time, that's where we've been heading. And next week, Mike is going to finish up this series uh, by talking about God's overarching story and how we find our place in his story and how the words we speak attest to and align with that story. And so uh, to recap the last several weeks, Stephanie, if you have that slide for me. So far what we've talked about is a gospel fluency. That was the first one, kind of talking about what it is and what it's not. It's not a system. It's not something we memorize. It's about speaking the truth in love and speaking the good news of Jesus into anything. And then Mike talked about gospel listening, listening to the stories of others and how to be good listeners and not being forceful with the gospel. And the last week we talked about gospel identity, uh, really looking at our stories and understanding how to see and how to demonstrate that Jesus is the hero of our stories because he's the hero of God's story. And then today we want to look at gospel speaking, speaking grace. And uh, the question really is, is what does it mean to speak grace? And I know that when I first asked myself that that question, um, there was a funny video clip that popped in my head. So if you're ever watching one more video video clip about the idea of speaking grace, check this out. Before we begin, since this is Aunt Bethany's 80th Christmas, I think she should lead us in the saying of grace. Oh, Oh, great. What, dear? Grace! Grace! She passed away 30 years ago. They want you to say grace. The blessing! I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation and with liberty and justice for all. Amen. 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 Oh, that's one of my favorites. So we probably all heard the phrase to speak grace, or to, to say grace, right? To say grace. But what does it mean to speak grace? Um, and like I mentioned before, throughout Scripture, we see the spoken word being used to bring about God's plan, God's praise, and God's grace. Uh, and, and we're repeatedly called to use our words to do the same, to speak grace. And so to look at that a little bit deeper this morning, I want to dive into just one verse of scripture. And so if you'd like a Bible to use, wave to Dave. He would love to bring one up to you. But we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4. 
And like I said, we're just going to look at one verse. We're going to be looking at Ephesians 4.29. And that is on page 829 of our Red Bibles. All right, let me read that. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. It's a short verse, but there's a lot going on. So let's uh, please pray with me real quick this morning. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to be able to talk about uh, this, this topic of gospel fluency, of understanding how we can see how you are, are operating and speaking and working in the world and how we can begin to open our eyes to see the needs and the gospel needs uh, that are around us and how we can speak grace into those things. And so, Father, I ask that you'd open up this passage to us this morning, that you would allow us to uh, receive your grace uh, in being able to, first of all, come to know Jesus and, and see him in this and through this and working in our lives. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. One of the things that I like to do when just looking at a shorter passage of Scripture is actually zoom out a bit um, and and to see sort of how this passage fits in the larger context of what's around it, of Scripture that's, that's in the area. And so all around this passage of Scripture about how we're to speak, we actually see more teaching on how we're supposed to speak. And so here, in, in Ephesians 4.15, in, instead, speaking the truth in love, Ephesians 4.25, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. Ephesians 5.4, nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. Ephesians 5.6, let no one deceive you with empty words. Ephesians 5.12, for it is shameful to even mention what the disobedient do in secret. And Ephesians 5.19, speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. So how we speak to one another, our neighbors, and ourselves matters. And, and it's, not, it's bigger than that. It, we're seeing that it's a theme and, and if we really kept zooming out, we'd realize it's even, it's more than a theme. It's permeated throughout these chapters and throughout the book of Ephesians and all of Paul's writings and all of the New Testament and throughout all of Scripture. And the other thing that I like to do when just kind of looking at a shorter passage of Scripture is to kind of zoom in a little bit and also see how other translations have translated that just to kind of get a rounder picture um, for what, how this is being translated. And so, Stephanie, if you could throw those up on the screen. Here's a couple different ones. Let no foul language, or no foul language is to come out of your mouth, but only what is good for building up someone in need so that it gives grace to those who hear. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. Well, 
I kind of like this because when we look at, at these translations, these other translations along with the, the NIV one from our Red Bibles that we read, I think that there are some key words and key phrases that really begin, begin to stick out to us. And they're ones that are worth exploring. So the first one is unwholesome words, foul language, or corrupting talk. Then there was helpful for building up, good for edification. Then the needs, needs of a person, needs of the moment, needs for an occasion. And then the last word was benefit or give grace. The Apostle Paul has been making a strong and repeated call for us in Ephesians not just to be mindful of our speech, uh, but to avoid saying certain things and to focus our speech on other things. That's that, that first part. For us in the Kelm house, uh, actually, we, we enjoy watching movies like everybody else, but we have little ones in the house, and even though the movies we watch are, are pretty good movies, of course, there's always going to be um, certain language, even in good movies, that you might not use in your house, like shut up. For instance, um, in our house, we kind of are maybe a little bit more strict on some of the rules that we have surrounding language um, and maybe stricter than most. So we don't like to say, um, oh my gosh, um, or what the heck. And we don't want our kids saying those things. And so we'll be watching a movie and, and of course, they say one of those lines. And, and like always, we'll turn to our kids and say, now we don't say that, do we? And funny thing is, more often than not, um, it's my four-year-old daughter who will catch me saying one of those things, and she'll be like, Papa, we don't say that. <laughs> like, you're right, honey. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> but the understanding of why we don't say that needs to be communicated. Otherwise, it's just rules. It's just law. And Paul says elsewhere, we're not under law, but we're under grace. And when it comes to why we don't speak unwholesome words, foul language, or corrupting talk, it's connected to the very next thing that Paul says in that verse. Those kind of words don't build up. And often, they only tear down. So Paul, Paul is writing this letter to the church family in, Ephesian, in Ephesus. Um, but also in the book of Ephesians, in the next chapter, we see that he's even talking to the individual families but like we saw earlier, too, this goes beyond that. He includes both how we speak to our neighbors and also ourselves. We're supposed to build up, not tear down. And our words need to be wholesome, not unwholesome. Our speech needs to, be, to edify, not to corrupt. And it needs to be God-honoring, not foul or dishonoring to God. And our NIV version um, <clears throat> directly connects that idea of building up to others, that it's others that we seek to build up. And this, this really might seem like it's obvious, um, but if you were to spend an hour, spend 10 minutes on social media, um, you might realize that uh, there are a lot of people that are in the business of building themselves up. And they do it often by tearing others down. Um, and it's far too easy to do that. In seeking to build ourselves up, we tear others down. And what I also I like about looking at all of those translations of this verse is that we can see that there's something bigger going on than just saying, build others up uh, with positivity or with good words. And no, it, there's so much more than that. There's this emphasis of building others up according to their needs and the needs of the moment 
and as it's needed in the occasion. And in our first week, we looked at how gospel fluency isn't just speaking generic wisdom. Um, and and this, this reiterates that point. Good words are fine, but if they're, if they're not offered with a heart that's seeking to understand the heart needs of the other individual, if they're not seeking to understand the gospel needs of the other individual, well, then, then they're just empty good words. It's like saying, stop it, <laughs> right? It's not just insensitive, but it also completely misses the need of the moment, and sometimes when we try to offer help, um, the help we offer isn't just off the mark, but it, it can completely miss the gospel need of the moment. So offering Dave Ramsey to someone who's struggling with the idolatry of wealth isn't going to help. Offering Weight Watchers to someone who's really wrestling with the comfort and identity that they find in eating won't help. The deeper question is, what is the gospel need of the moment? Where do they need Jesus in this occasion? What's the appropriate aspect of the good news that they need to hear because of what's affecting them right now? What good news do they need to believe in and what lie or false belief do they need to repent from? And our hearts need to be empathizing with those that God has put us in relationship with and put us in conversation with so that we can identify any area of unbelief and then in any given moment or any given situation and, and then be able to speak the appropriate good news of the gospel into that unbelief. And then the last word that we, we focused on uh, when we zoomed in on this verse, uh, the NIV translated as benefit. And I think this is a good translation of intent, uh, but the other three versions that we looked at, I, I, they have more of a literal translation, and I think they hit it a little closer to the mark. Because the Greek literally says that it might give grace to those who hear. As followers of Jesus, we are supposed we are people that are supposed to be seeking to speak in such a way that we're speaking the gospel fluently and we're called to speak words that build others up in the need of the moment that it would bring grace into their lives. That we would speak grace. And God's grace is demonstrated completely in the person of Jesus and in the good news of the gospel. And so speaking grace to others, what that looks like, that, that kind of grace that builds them up and is appropriate in the moment means in our conversations, speaking the grace of God found in Jesus Christ and the good news of the gospel. Okay, it's, it's in that last point. Obviously, this is a message on speaking grace. And so it's in that last point that I actually want to draw a little bit of application this morning. So if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you may, you may be familiar with Ephesians 4.29, which we've been looking at. Uh, and many times we may have had this thought in our heads that said, okay, it says don't do bad things, uh, and don't speak bad things, but, but speak good things, right? Uh, that's the gist. Uh, you know, don't use your words to tear down, but use your words to build up. And that's close to the mark. But it is still off a little bit 
This verse is not just saying that there are two ways. The first way being speaking unwholesome talk or bad words, and then the second way being speaking helpful talk or good words. There actually is a third way that this is talking about, and that third way is speaking the gospel. Speaking that which gives grace to those who hear. The gospel goes beyond just saying helpful things. And we want to grow as a family into people who speak using that third way, speaking grace. And, and we may believe this and we may agree with it, um, but a lot of times we slip back into just saying good things and we forget to speak grace. And I've actually got a, a couple of personal stories that I can share uh, about ways that I've made this mistake. I figure if you're going to throw anybody under the bus, you should throw yourself, right? So sometimes we fall into debating, debating with people about Jesus. Uh, when I was in high school, uh, I remember spending hours in study hall debating uh, a friend who was a secular Hindu and uh, we would debate about, how, you know, and I would debate how Hinduism was wrong and how Christianity was right. And I remember just this one day I had just sort of debated him into a corner and I had this great last line that there was nothing he could say. And you know what? He didn't say, gosh, wow, I guess I should start following Jesus. No, he was flustered and upset and he was like, whatever. And he walked away. And, and I've always thought, now years down the road, if he ever thinks about me, or if he ever thinks about Jesus or Christianity, does he just think about forceful, argumentative people that are just selfishly interested in winning debates? I wasn't speaking grace. Sometimes we fall into saying canned or cliche things. Uh, just repeating phrases without actually caring about the people that we're talking to. And when I was in college, I, I was part of uh, a group that went out to do street evangelism in Huntington Beach, California. And I met this super nice guy who I, I sat down with, and uh, I just remember him being really nice as he sort of listened to my speech. Um, and then after he patiently listened, I just remember he said something like, I think you care about what you're talking about, but I don't know if you care about me or my needs. I wasn't speaking grace. And sometimes I think we fall into tearing others down, speaking negatively. In our attempts to build someone up, we, we find the need to tear someone else down. Uh, and, and I started to do that with a close friend this week. And I needed to apologize for falling into that trap. Uh, that wasn't speaking grace. Remember, gospel fluency is about regularly seeing how Jesus is good news in the everyday, ordinary things of life and being able to communicate that, being able to hear and recognize needs that only the gospel can address and being able to speak grace. And when I've seen it done best, I, I think it, it looks like this here. So the first thing is, is we need to listen. We need to listen to people. We actually actively need to be listening to the things that they're saying to us, asking follow-up questions that, that actually will get them to share more 
of, of what they're telling us. And, and during this, we need to pray silently, saying, Lord, help me listen. Help me hear what they're actually saying. Help me hear the deeper need of what they're actually saying. And then we need to listen to the Spirit, that we would be able to hear him reveal and show to us, speak to us, so that we can see the gospel need. And then we need to ask for permission as, as the Lord leads us and opens our eyes to see what the gospel need is, we need to ask for permission to be able to share with this person that we're speaking to. And then, of course, we need to speak grace. We need to speak grace that leads someone and their specific need and their individual challenge of the moment that leads them to Jesus. Now, about uh, 10 years ago, uh, I, uh, I went to hear the theologian N.T. Wright uh, speak at Elmbrook Church. And if you don't know N.T. Wright, uh, N.T. Wright is Anglican in theology, um, and he just he had some really unique and profound thoughts on life and scripture. Uh, some align with evangelicalism, some don't. Uh, and at the end of the session, N.T. Wright did a Q&A time. And I remember this one lady who uh, seemed to have a pretty strong fundamentalist, fundamentalist background um, and uh, who really just completely disagreed with almost everything N.T. Wright had to say. And you could just tell she came loaded for bear. I mean, she was upset and she was only there to tear him down. And her question just seemed to ramble on and on and and the more she talked the more it didn't make sense and i just remember sitting there and and just just like slinking just being like embarrassed being like oh please make it stop please please stop talking and i know everybody in the room i think collectively cringed and and i was just i was wondering i'm like oh gosh how how is nt right going to just very politely dismiss her but then he did something totally unexpected. Uh, he patiently waited until she was done. He said, I can see you're passionate about this. And then he said, let me see if I can sum up your question, which he did. Uh, he took all of her random rambling and actually rephrased it into a coherent question. And then he, he asked her you know, if, if he had summed it up right. And, and in, in all of that, what he had demonstrated was that he loved her, that he had listened, that he cared. And then he answered her question, uh, which he knew she may not agree with his answer on. And after the session, uh, I, I remember the, uh, there was a line that you could get into if you wanted to have him sign, uh, sign a book. And I didn't have a book, but I got in line. And when I got up, when I got up there to him, I said, I'm probably not going to remember anything you taught on today. And I don't. But then I said, but I will never forget how you spoke to that woman and how you handled her question. And I haven't. Speaking grace is about choosing to speak with eternal speech, not random speech. It's choosing to speak wholesome, useful, and God-honoring words. Speaking grace always considers the intent to build up, 
not tear down. And most importantly, speaking grace is always about listening to the heart needs of the moment and not just saying, well, stop it um, when someone pours out their heart or giving generic wisdom to try to fix a gospel problem, a problem that only the gospel can fix, but it's listening for where someone needs to hear the good news of Jesus in anything that they are struggling with and then speaking the grace of Jesus into that need. And, and going back to our picture that we started with, it would be a shame if, if after having seen the truth, we, we somehow revert to just going back to seeing a brick wall again. Right? It would be a shame if after seeing how Jesus and the good news of the gospel applies to any situation in life, and then that we'd forget and, and go back to just giving random good advice to people, uh, that we'd forget that Jesus is the answer and the good news that we need to hear and that his specific good news of grace applies to any need of the moment. The gospel goes beyond just saying helpful things. It's speaking grace. And I really do pray that together as a family seeking to speak grace into people's lives that we would continue to grow and learn and be able together to learn how to speak the gospel fluently. Well, let's pray. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to dive into some scripture. Uh, I thank you for your word that is always trying to hmm, permeate our words. That, that your word is living and active. Uh, that the words you speak, uh, you have desired that they would land on our heart and grow and multiply and that we would find our identity in who you are and what you've done, and which includes what you've spoken and how you want us to speak, how you want us to see conversation, how you want us to see needs. And Father, I ask that you would continue to open our eyes to view the relationships we have and the conversations we find ourselves in and give us the ability um, to, to pause and to pray and to seek you out amidst them and ask that for you to show us uh, what the good news is instead of just falling into random advice or unhelpful good words. And Father, that you would uh, use us to speak grace into the lives of others that would build them closer to Jesus Christ. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.